This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. You are still tuned to the COVID report with myself, Game, and my tag team partner in crime, Siposile Mbuli. Now, President Cyril Ramaphosa recently said that we are facing a, air quote, job loss tsunami. This is because of the high volume of retrenchments that many employed South Africans have been witnessing. We unpack the topic of mass job losses in South Africa as this contributes to the unemployment rate as it continues to rise. And to help us do so. We are welcome back onto the show, Verli Oosthuizen, who is an employment and labor specialist, and uh, she is going to help us cover the nitty gritties of this issue. Now, Verli, again, thank you so much for joining us on the COVID report. We are on lockdown advanced level three, where many business operations have resumed, but we continue to see a rise in the number of job losses. Which industries are experiencing major retrenchments and or job losses? Thank you so much for having me on your show. The effect of the lockdown on the economy and on businesses in general, as well as jobs, has been devastating. And that's from all sectors. I think that the small and medium uh, enterprises have been very particularly affected, although there have been large-scale retrenchments and referrals to the CCMA, or Commission of Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration. So it's not something that any industry has really been able to escape. And it's just because it's highly, highly unusual for people to not be able to work for such a long period of time. And even though the economy is opening now, obviously there has been economic devastation uh, from the last three months that is going to be very difficult to recover from. A lot's been made about the Unemployment Insurance Fund's capacity to address all of the applications from affected citizens of the country. What is the UIF's ability to provide support to employees, considering the billions of rands that have been paid out since the beginning of the lockdown? Well, unfortunately, there's a couple of uh, problems with the UIF fund, and that is they've got the best intentions, but administratively, it's very, very difficult to process the vast amount of claims that have come through. And also, the fund, it isn't limitless. And so clearly, there is a limit on the amount of funds that they can give out. But the administrative nightmare that has um, ensued since the start of the lockdown and the new uh, temporary employment rescue uh, fund that they had, it, it hasn't really been a, a, a rousing success in every single way. They are trying their absolute best, but to have that volume of claims and to have to deal with that with the new infrastructure is very, very difficult. So there are many employers who don't declare and contribute to the UIF for their workers. How severe are these cases and what can be done to ensure that employers declare and contribute? Fortunately, that is a perennial problem. And I think that there is, um, there is unfortunately a tendency for people and for businesses, and it's not all businesses, and I don't want to paint all businesses with the same brush, but it's obviously an expense and people try to get out of paying expenses where they can. And that's not an excuse, but it is the reality. So unless there is compliance, unless people are getting um, brought to book by the Labor Department and getting checked all the time, um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't pay towards UIF. 
there has been talk that even if employers haven't contributed to UIF, that that does not mean that employees um, will lose out in terms of this um, special benefit for the lockdown. But obviously it does make the whole process and administration and claim a lot more difficult. And it also contributes to the lack of funds that are available in the, um, in the unemployment fund. Now, you briefly touched on the temporary employment um, relief scheme or the, temp- the temporary employer-employee relief scheme, that being TERS for short. And uh, that does indeed stand as an alternative to dismissal um, that is available to employers to ensure that they can help sustain their employees' jobs. Can you take us through the qualifying criteria for the employer and what is the likelihood of companies making use of the TERS service? Well, the employer merely has to show that they have been affected, that their business has been affected by the lockdown and that they um, have lost revenue because of the lockdown. And they have to follow an administrative process and make a claim um, and then show, you know, what level each employee um, is being remunerated at and, um, you know, with their employees, etc. But so there is that administrative part. But what's important to remember is that it's not payment of the full salary of any of the employees. It's up to um, approximately just over 6,000 rand. That would be the very maximum that a person would get. And that would be if they were earning quite a lot more than that. So uh, it is a slight relief uh, and um, nobody gets paid less than 3,000 rand, but it's not uh, generally the full salary of an employee. So uh, it can't be seen as fall, you know, stepping into the shoes of the employer at all. It's merely a benefit that will assist the employer to pay towards the employee salaries. So please help us understand, in the event of retrenchments, what are the employer's obligations? And similarly, what are the employee's rights? Well, an employer has to follow the proper retrenchment process in terms of the Labor Relations Act. And that means that they have to look at the business very, very carefully, and they have to show that there's an operational reason for them needing to dismiss people. Now, obviously, if there has been a tremendous loss of revenue and they can't afford to keep jobs, that would be a good operational reason to um, retrench an employee. However, they have to consult with those employees and they have to come up with alternatives to dismissal. They can't merely say, we've lost revenue and so you're fired. They have to look at all of the alternatives and try and think of a creative way Uh, to save jobs if they possibly can. So it isn't a false dismissal, meaning that nobody has done anything wrong when they are selected for retrenchment. Um, It's usually because the business cannot sustain that role. Uh, But the process does need to be followed. And that is very clearly set out in the Labor Relations Act. And if that process isn't followed, and if there isn't a real operational reason for the dismissal, then the employee can refer that to the CCMA, um, an unfair dismissal dispute, and that can be adjudicated there. As much as we've seen people, um, unfortunately, lose their jobs, on the flip side of the coin, we've also seen people, um, we've also seen companies announce vacancies um, in their organizations. Can you take us through your assessment of this development and what kind of what kind of shape that 
that um, that leaves the working world in as far as their apparent ability to announce uh, vacancies and announce um, or, or, or should I say make plans to fill empty positions in their organizations? Well, I think the reality is is that um, we are in a dire economic circumstance and there is the reality that a lot of people have lost jobs and are desperate for jobs. And so vacancies that maybe have been sitting out for a long time and may have attracted um, very high salaries. I'm just talking off the top of my head, but I would only think that, you know, people are very much more willing to go into the job sector now um, and may not be demanding massively high salaries like before. Also, sometimes, and let's look at the positive, is that sometimes um, we are become very, um, we have a lot of ingenuity as South Africans when th- the going gets tough. And so people have changed the way that they're working. They may have um, restructured or redefined their uh, businesses and maybe looking at new opportunities. Um, and so that might be a reason why they are announcing vacancies. And um, after the initial shock, maybe, of the lockdown, uh, people are starting to uh, come back to normal and start to run their businesses and start to think of ways to develop because we've got to catch up um, the last couple of weeks or months uh, that there has been a huge loss of revenue. So there could be negative reasons and there could be positive reasons, but I think that everybody realizes that we need to kickstart this economy and that it can't just be the government that is funding everything. It's going to rely on the business sector, whether it's formal or informal, um, in order to generate these jobs and this income. Now, where can people report employers who don't declare their employees to their UIF? Is there any recourse for such? Yes, absolutely. They can be reported to the Department of Labor. Uh, the Department of Labor does do spot inspections for all sorts of um, all sorts of reasons. Uh, they will look at monitoring whether an employer is following the Basic Conditions of Employment Act, whether they are following the Occupational Health and Safety Act, and also whether they are contributing to UIF. So if uh, an employee has found that they um, have not been declared, they can report it to the Department of Labor. Absolutely. Um, if you are indeed in a situation where you feel there is a grievance that needs to be addressed, there are channels for you to to um, to explore. Now, as far as those who are still employed, how can they check whether their employer has registered them with the UIF and whether or not um, their employer is contributing to this fund on their behalf? I think that the first thing to do is to ask the employer. Um, and if the employer doesn't have an answer, then it would be a good idea to go to the UIF um, and, and ask there. But uh, usually if somebody is with a formalized employer, um, they, they will be registered with the UIF. It's more in informal employment relationships that there is this issue. Or perhaps if people are not actually permitted to work because they don't have the correct status in terms of citizenship. Um, or work permits that they may not be registered. That was Verly Orstazen, an employment and labor specialist. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vets. By Voice of Vets. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or stream via www.varfm.co.za.